Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Right now, as we've been doing on Mondays for quite some time, clinical psychologist Dr. David Palmiter is with us, and he's also a professor at Marywood University. And you've got um, a lot of resources online as well, just to let people know. You have a blog called Hectic Parents, and you also have the website palmiter.com. Yes. Get more information, folks. Lots of resources. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. So I want to talk to you a little bit. We want to talk about this um, conflict, uh, the Israel-Hamas war. First of all, it's scary out there being an adult trying to get through the very traumatic videos and the stories that are coming out and uh, the violence. And then also, let's not even get into how much misinformation is out there that adults it's hard to get through. You've got kids with smartphones and other devices and people, you know, looking at social media, maybe seeing uh, these things. How does this and what this is affect them? So you guys were talking earlier about monitoring devices. I've, I've for decades been talking about the importance of that with electronics parents based on how successful our kids are being in general, and then their judgment and their age, we're offering differing degrees of monitoring. You know, if I just have a kid with an unfettered cell phone, they may be seeing some pretty terrible and graphic images that they can't handle, or which might distort how they think about themselves and others. So it starts with doing the hard work of knowing what my kid has exposure to and controlling it to a degree that I think is appropriate for them given their age, judgment, and success level is a starting point. Would it be helpful also while you're doing that to still, as you've talked about before, the importance of this face-to-face time with your kid every week? Yes. Should you bring it up or should you wait for them to discuss it? I mean, obviously it depends on how old they are as well. So that hour a week of special time, the the kid sets the agenda there. But for the rest of the week, I think shining a light on the door of a discussion and, and offering the opportunity for them to walk through it if they want is a useful thing. There's a lot going on in the Middle East. Would you like to talk about it or would you rather we not? Right. And of course, choosing the right time when they seem receptive and they're not grouchy or overwhelmed or something. You know, the thing I think that happens is sometimes kids feel a pressure to have a position. You know, um, when this, you know, it takes people with their doctorates a long time to understand the issues 
involved and to have an informed position. Yet in our culture, it's like when these dramatic things happen, there's this pressure. I need to have a position. I need to have an opinion on these things. Instead of just saying, you know, I have an opinion about people being assaulted. I have an opinion about people being treated cruelly. Yes, those things. I have opinions about people's freedoms. Yes, those things. But to say, I, I need to have an opinion about which of these sides are right and wrong in what ways, I think puts undue pressure on kids. And there, and sometimes then they end up saying things that that make things worse. Mm-hmm. You know? And we've seen um, that, especially on college campuses. Yes. And people have gotten so upset. And again, if they hear it from either side to an extreme where people talk about, um, will their future lives be affected? Job prospects, other yes. things, uh, because of those things. Obviously, when you talk about this to your religious background, obviously you, some people are going to feel this much more acutely than others. Yes. Um, because we do know that there have been a rise in anti-Semitic uh, violence and threats. So I would think that anyone of the Jewish faith, this has to be an incredibly difficult time. Oh, so it's an these are some ancient wounds. And, you know, psychologists, we have our listservs, too, like everybody does. And I've noticed on the two that I monitor that just bringing up this topic in any way causes significant division, significant tension, and the listserv police have to step in and kind of calm things down because of this misunderstanding. You know, I I think the more we try to channel loving kindness and openness to things that we're not familiar with, uh, the the better. When you were talking about um, kids feel like they have to have a position on this. How do you get it across to some people, kids or adults, that it's okay, or maybe it's not? It's okay to say, I don't know what to think. Because I look at this, and I was telling Nancy last week, this is a weird time where people who were very anti-Donald Trump now suddenly are siding with positions that other Republicans are in. Like People are kind of jumping to the different sides, and the, the, the reaction from people, regardless of who they are, seems to be not what I'd expect. So I think a lot of people think they know what's going on, but don't. And I think it's probably okay for some people just to go, this is complicated. We don't have to have all the answers. Or is that just a weakness thing that that you shouldn't expose yourself to? Yeah, it seems to be, I don't know if it's driven by social media, but there seems to be a rise with how certain people are about things with less and less objective information. (laughs) You know, and there's also the proverb out there, shallow brooks are noisy. You know, sometimes when we're, um, very unsure or, or not educated on a thing, we get more demonstrative and opinionated about it. And it, it just, it's exhausting to those who are not that way to hear it. It is exhausting. Is it sometimes just the smartest thing to do to go, you know, I don't know, I'll get back to you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we all have to find our, our it's kind of like how adults, how do you deal with your adult parents there's a continuum of distance closeness i think with things like this everybody figures out for themselves what's the right amount of engagement for me on this for my mental health and also to feel like i'm a socially conscious and an engaged human being what's my sweet spot of engagement versus unplugging from it 
And that's a very individual journey. Right, because for some people, it may be overwhelming. I know for myself, I have resisted any of the videos that are somewhat graphic. And that is not to say that I don't acknowledge and understand that absolutely horrific things have happened. But I know that I'm the, and not that a lot of people aren't this way, but I can't unsee a lot of things. And that could cause me a lot of anxiety if I see it. So I know where my boundaries are. There's a term out there called highly sensitive person. Uh, folks could look it up. There's a quiz you can take. And highly sensitive people have a very difficult time with images like this. They, it's almost like there's a, you know, a more profound impact on it, uh, visual and auditory images, and, and all, any sensory image. There's a more profound impact for HSPs than other people. So I am that way. You know, my wife watches some of these surgery shows, and when she hears me coming, she goes, "Oh, I have on the yeah, Doctor like, Pimple, no. whatever." Please stop <laughs> because <laughs> because if I walk into the room and I see that on the TV, it's like too much yeah, for me. Did I, I, who did I marry? I'm very. <laughs> I'm always. I'm also very concerned that because there's so much of this out there, that there's a desensitization yes, that is happening, and what scares me is that there will be people who will see this and go, "Oh, that's nothing. I saw X Y." And I'm like, you know, if they saw, I've seen them were horrible, and it almost takes away from the absolute horror, the outrage, when it's almost like something you watched on a video game. This is another reason why the monitoring is so important, because there's all this one-upsmanship. You know, who can have the most gory, most graphic, most shocking image? And, oh, yeah, you think you win today? Well, let me give you tomorrow something that's going to trump what you just showed me. Isn't that dangerous for us as a society? I'm talking as a whole that that it seems like we there are people who can't, who won't see something like that and have that abject horror anymore from it. You can, you know, you can get desensitized, and it's a defense mechanism, you know, where we separate from it. Well, I, I think back to like, you know, when they did the Coliseum and you would have people like prisoners brought in and, you know, people, uh, you know, killed and and the crowd would roar. And I'm always afraid that are we going back to a society that isn't going to care and actually becomes like interested in this kind of stuff? Yeah, it worries it's, me. A, it's a wonderment for all of us. Yeah, I mean, for me, and I'm, I feel like you're talking about me, like I'll watch some of these horrific images. I'm not really they're disturbing don't get me wrong but sometimes i i feel like i've justified it to myself that i need to watch it to see it because if i don't see it it doesn't feel real to me because the actions are so heinous once i see it i don't forget it and it helps me kind of figure out where i stand on this that's why i think it's when people say you know you should be looking or you shouldn't be looking or those kinds of things it's overstated because it varies an individual journey yeah you know you each for instance have different ways of dealing with the graphic material because of how you are in the world and your worldviews and your knowledge of yourself and imagine how wrong it would be for you, Jason, to say to Nancy, you need to look at more. You need to understand better. Or for Nancy to say to you, you're just you're just being desensitized to graphic imagery. You shouldn't be looking at it. Both of those arguments would be wrong because you, you each find your own path of engagement distance from this terrible, terrible tragedy. The word but, should. 
is like so often used by people now. So I think in a situation like this, you get people who say, we should do this. They should do that. You shouldn't feel that way. There's very little respect that people give to other people for their opinion. In psychology circles, sometimes that's referred to as shooting all over people. Shooting. No more shooting all over. We're talking to Dr. David Palmiter, clinical psychologist, author. He's got the Hectic Parents blog. So many great resources. When we tell you about Palmiter.com, it's great because no one's selling anything here. You have just free advice on a whole host of issues. Giving psychology away. (laughs) And he's so great to talk to, even off the air. You're so calm, so rational and reasonable. We all have our moments, though, right? Yes. So my we, wife would tell you plenty. <laughs> you know, right? No one is perfect, but well, we try. We try. Yeah. All right. So we've been talking about um, it's report cards and kids at school. And you mentioned the fact that, it, I mean, elementary school has its own issues, obviously. A lot of times the adjustment from going home, being at home to going to school can be one thing. But that middle school and the high school classes, things get dramatically yes. harder. Yes. And, um, and sometimes it's a serious way wake-up call to students and also for parents because you should be doing homework time. The question is, though, how much? And sometimes I hear over and over again from parents, like, we never had the amount of homework that kids have today. The guideline from the research is 10 minutes times the grade of someone's in, so a sixth grader, 60 minutes. Once you get over that, it starts to be a diminishing return. Folks should watch the documentary Race to Nowhere. It's a documentary about this craziness that high school students are put through in service of getting into, here's the earmarks, a good school. You know, and it's a wonderful documentary about that. Okay. You know, Nancy, any discussion, and Jason, about kid comes bring a problematic report card, before any discussion about that occurs, I would want to make sure that this kid knows what their top strengths are. That if I'm going into that conversation and I haven't identified that first, it's you know it's 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 like a terrible toxic experience, mm-hmm. and so that has to be the first thing. And any discussion about a kid, you know, what are their top strengths? And if we don't know them, let's get busy about that first. I know you mentioned that in the blog where you talk about teachers. Yes, and you talk about like the three things that you say are important you yes. know for teachers to make kids resilient so one of them you talked about was um help students identify their strengths as you're talking about now first thing i mean if i'm a teacher and i call up a parent and go oh we need to talk about how much bobby's a problem i mean the odds that that conversation is going to go well and be adaptive are small yeah your stronger parents will be able to work with that but most are going to get defensive. And and also, is that really the perspective that I want to be having as a teacher? What is the beauty and strength about this child? And let's start there and reflect that to the child. And then we can have the discussion about opportunities for growth, about undiscovered vulnerabilities in a child. Yes, but in that context. Otherwise, it just becomes this source that, that drives kids to depression or addiction or other th- or counterculturism. I mean, if you think you're stupid, there's a lot of things that start going wrong for you in life. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you give as advice for parents if the kids are struggling when they go to talk to the teacher? 
teacher. You're talking about, obviously, there are things the teacher does in addressing that issue by identifying the strengths and talking about right. other things. As a parent, how do you approach the teacher with that as well? So I, I do have a, a separate protocol that folks can find on my blog about how to handle a meeting with a teacher well, but I would start out the same way. You know, before we get to the problems, can you tell me what you think is going well with Sally? You know, what do you, what do you think is going well? And I would, I would have a dogged determination about having that conversation be first and then couch the other things as opportunities for growth and not effed upness, mm -hmm. which so often is the culture in the air. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what a pain in the neck your kid is and how you mom and dad better stop it or there's going to be these consequences that are going to occur to your child. Right. And I, and I know that for uh, for teachers, it's always a difficult thing, too, to deal of with course. parents because there are parents who also will not acknowledge sometimes that of their course. kids have issues. So it's And some of it, right. So it's amazing how often loving kindness is the path for, for parents and teachers, for parents to appreciate that these most teachers are mission-driven. They're not in it for the money or they had bad career counseling. I mean, they're in it because they're trying to make a difference in the world. And, of course, we parents, we're crazy people for love. So to realize the perspective of the other person, so I don't start out with bashing the parent bashing the teacher, teacher bashing the parents, and it starts out with that mutual acknowledgement of the high mission that the other person has. Right. Mm -hmm. 25 students in a classroom, and the teacher has to teach to all of them? Yes. <laughs> and everyone has a little different need. It's like I mean, trying to I'm feed a, my kids. I'm everyone wants something different every night. Yeah. I mean, I'm an educator. You know that when you're an educator, you're, you're in the trenches of whatever cultural problems there are for kids. You're right. Th it's right there. there. It's in your face, and you're having to deal with it, and often it's stuff outside your control. Right. Right. So, and, and so we hear a lot too, um, just in talk radio where people talk about schools. And like, I think, you know, we have to remember to respect the teacher as well and the enormous responsibility yes. they have. In addition to a lesson plan, every kid comes with them, whatever they're also dealing with. Of course. Outside yes. of class. Teachers are some of my, teachers and parents are two of my favorite groups of people for that reason. That's why it's so tragic. When they're clubbing on each other. Right. So many great tips you have. Now, it's hecticparents.com. You can go straight there. You have uh, information on things, advice, family, stress, anxiety, happiness, teenagers, monitoring teens, parenting, all of that stuff. It's Dr. David Palmiter, also palmiter.com. Great resources. Thank you Thank so you much. Guys. Appreciate you it. We'll talk to you next Monday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.